So, hi, I'm Daniela Guigrechea, co-founder of Brandcrops here in Madrid, Spain. I connected with Paolo since I was born, since we are cousins, but I, I've connected with him all my life. He's an amazing guy. And you should connect with him because he's going to bring so much value in your life. And he's going to bring people near to you, people that it's going to be more and more value to you. So don't lose this opportunity. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, In my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I learn from him. This means every single person you ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every networking event or conference you walk into is both a library and your stage. Your network is your personal Google and you are a part of everyone's Wikipedia. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I am your Chief Executive Connector. Follow me as we meet people in my walks. Find out what we can learn from them, what they've learned from others, and what made them want to connect so you can learn to gain and give value to others in all of your interactions. I am terrible at asking for stuff, but if you want to do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you've learned from each episode, or at the very least, Hit me up if I can ever be of service or any kind of value to you. Now, without further ado, let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am your Chief Executive Connector, Pablo Gonzalez, and today is the most special episode I have ever had because it is the first time that I get to interview someone who is number one, related to me, number two, an absolute rock star in the world of branding and social media, and just an absolute genius with what is marketing. And three, she is documentedly the greatest lady cousin in the world. She is the founder of Brand Crops and former CMO of Goico Grill, a trained architect, an amazing person and one of my favorite people in the world, Daniela Goycoach. Oh, also my first ever long form conversation in English with her. So welcome, Daniela Goycochea. No pressure. How are you? Thank you, Paolo. Thank you for having me here. And, and yeah, this is going to be very hard for me because my English is really rusty. So please have patience with my weird words. And if I get stuck, Paolo's going to save me. So expect that along the way. So thank you. And thanks for that intro it's amazing what you have said uh no happy to be here happy happy to happy to see you danny honestly um and don't worry you've been on much bigger stages this in the past i know that you are an internationally recognized award-winning wow. marketer no big deal oh my God. A, a family celebrity family <laughs> celebrity <laughs> Danny, I, I, you know, this podcast is a lot about how to connect with people and how to and how to attract people to your life. And my big thesis on it all is that the two ways that people connect quickest is to add value to people's lives, which I'm sure you're going to do in, in this conversation that we're about to have. But also, if you share a vulnerability, I think that it, it allows people to relate and then becomes them, makes them more likely to accept whatever you're saying. So I was hoping that maybe you could share with our friend who's listening right now, something that maybe you've struggled with in the past. So uh, I was thinking about that and maybe I've struggled a lot with vulnerability itself. Uh, I used to be afraid of it. I used to be afraid of letting my guard down. I've, I've always like lived with a shield 
I've always been known as this strong uh, girl who doesn't cry and who has to, you know, keep going. And, and it's all a lie. I mean, we're not like that. I'm human as everyone else, but I, I'm just usually not mm, happy or not. You, I don't usually show that. So since maybe some months ago that I've been reading Brene Brown and all her books and all her annoyance, I'm, I've started to, you know, let my guard down and trying to experience that. And I, it's been really difficult to me, but I loved it. I mean, I, I've seen that I can connect to people with people a lot more easier, like with this way that they can really understand who I am, that I'm not this really hard and strict person, that I'm something else. But, but it's been really difficult, Pablo, because I've been like this my whole life. So this is a really new thing for me and I'm, I'm experimenting with it. Was it, did, how did, how did Brene come into your life? Did you like watch her Ted talk? Did you read her book? Like what, what was the first moment that you're like, Oh, okay. I get this and I need to work on this. I remember my brother recommended her to me. Uh, I, I heard the Ted talk first. And after that, I read all the books. I mean, I'm, I read all her books and, and I listen to all her podcasts and everything she says, even though it's, it's a bit repeating because she's always saying kind of the same things. It's kind of like a constant reminder of, 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 I don't know how to live a more authentic and more relaxed kind of life. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I know Marta turned me on to, to Brene. I read Braving the Wilderness. I watched, I think the first time I heard her was on the Tim Ferriss podcast. And I was just super, super impressed by the, it was the first time that I ever thought Tim Ferriss was really likable. <laughs> now, now I think he's much more likable, right? But, but at first I thought he was kind of too like self-absorbed. Um, anyways, that's beside the point. <laughs> that's good, Danny. That's awesome. I, you know, I, I struggle with that stuff too. And I, I find that as, as the funny guy, right? Like I'm, I'm the guy that's here to, to amuse people yeah. <laughs> a lot of my life, right? Like the leaning into, leaning into authenticity has really just completely changed changed my paradigm. And I talked to, so it's the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Like I think you as a strong woman feel a pressure to, I'm not going to speak for you, right? But like I, I could see as a strong woman to feel a pressure to, to, to not subscribe to the emotional woman thing. But me as a guy, I find that guys all don't think that they can be vulnerable and they all yeah. don't think they can have these deep conversations. And the more that I've dove into deep conversations with my guy friends, the more fulfilling our relationships have become. And, and, and I get a lot of positive feedback. How is it on the, on the other side of the spectrum? Are your conversations changing with people and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm getting to know people in a deeper sense and, and, the, and it's been amazing. And people are getting to know me in a deeper sense and really getting the whole spectrum of who I am. And that for me is amazing because it's, it's life-changing. It's, it's you, you can be more yourself. You, you don't have to have your guard up all the time thinking about what are they going to think about you. They're just going to think about you who you are and that's it. And that's going to be okay. It's going to be enough. So it's really relaxing. I mean, it's just, yeah, I can be myself and it's okay. And you can be yourself and it's okay. So we can talk about stuff that connects us and it's going to be great. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that, Danny. So now that we've established that you are a human, let's talk about your yeah. superhuman achievements. Can, we, yeah. <laughs> can you give me, can you give me a little bit of your story, Danny, like from, you know, from being an architect to, 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 to transitioning into, into what you're doing these days? Can you kind of set that up a little bit? Okay. Um, my little brother, also your cousin, mm -hmm. he, in 2013, he started a business called Goi Goi. What's a really small restaurant here in Madrid. Where in Madrid, 
a burger restaurant. And from day one, he told me, I need you to create a brand, to create a logo, to create our social media, which I had no experience at all on any of those. But I love the idea. And I say, hey, I'm going to follow you till the end of the world with this. So count me in. So in five minutes, we designed a logo, we designed a, a menu. And, this, and the restaurant started to sell burgers. Obviously, at first, it didn't sell burgers at all. So no one came in. It was, I don't know, no one really went to Goiko during the first months. It was really difficult. But we got to learn along the way about what people wanted. We kind of did better burgers, obviously. We did a best, the best service we could offer. And for me, it was kind of a master's degree in marketing because I had to learn about how do... I reach people or how do I sell? Um, how, yeah, how, how do I make them come and eat my burgers? So Goico started growing. And right now it's a, a really big monster in Spain. We already have 83 restaurants in Spain and, and, and one in France. So it has become a really big company. I created my team in marketing. Uh, I tried to get people that just as me didn't have as much experience in marketing but we're open to growing and to learning all this in the way so when i left goico i left goico last year i had a team of 12 people in marketing and we did a great job uh, we even got some prizes in, in spain for what we did but on top of all it was like a very honest and simple kind of marketing it was only based in our values and and our on our purpose as a brand and, and and connecting to people in a very human way. So it was an amazing experience, Pablo. I loved it. I, I still love Goico. It's my family. It's my home. I love that company. But it, do you want me to tell you what happened when I went? When I, why did I leave? If you want. Yeah, sure. Sure. I, th I, think, there's, I think there's value in it, Danny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's value in recognizing that you've outgrown your, your place and, and you want to do something else, no matter how successful you've been in the past, right? Yeah, it was it was a really difficult decision for me leaving Goico because it I was in my comfort zone. I mean, I I was I had a stable job. I have an amazing team. I was recognized for what why, what I was doing. It, it was comfort zone in in a different ways. But I had the chance to live for a week. I went to Stanford first time in Stanford. I loved it. First time in California, I loved it. And once I was there, I was. I was with more or less like 50 other entrepreneurs. And once I told them the story about Goigo, they were all like, wow, that's an amazing story. But the follow-up question was always, and what are you doing there? Why are you still there? I was like, oh my God, I have never thought about my life without Goigo. No, this is my life. Why, why should I leave? So I started thinking, and why were they asking that? And I started to think about where was I and where was the company in that exact moment? And the truth is that my cycle was already closed. And I understood that when I went away and when I was able to see like the bigger picture, right? Uh, I understood that I wasn't growing anymore in my comfort zone and that my team wasn't growing because of me. I had taught them everything I know and they needed to learn new things because Goigo was a different company. Goigo is not the company that I, that I found that I made grow that growth like this but it's now more of a corporation and it needs another kind of leaderships so i took the decision of leaving my company obviously i cried for weeks <laughs> it was really difficult for me but I, I knew it was like the right thing to do 
for me and for the company. So I closed my cycle in Goico and, and I took some months off. I'm not going to lie. I took some months off and started and got some studies and, and, and really traveled for some time. But then and this year, I, me and my partner, Cristina, Cristina also comes. She was like my number two in Goico. Uh, we started this consultancy and, and now we're trying to replicate. We're trying to make, we're trying to do for other brands, but we did for Goico. That is creating love brands with a very minimum budget and trying to communicate their values, their storytelling and their purpose to everyone they want to reach. So that's what we're doing now. I love it. And I want to, I want to deconstruct what your, what your method of growing those love brands is because that's obviously genius. But I also want to just fact check real quick. You, Goiko grew to be, and this is something I'm, I'm, I, I got from like the pitch deck of when, when it was being sold. Right. But like you grew the third biggest social media following of a burger chain or of a restaurant, something like that in the world, something like that. What, what, what's that statistic? I'm not sure if in the world, but uh, we were definitely the biggest and more engaging brand in Spain. In Spain. Definitely. Like I, in I, Spain, I, at least. I, I remember something. It was like In-N-Out Burger, Chick-fil-A, and Goico or something like that in, 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 the, pitch, in the pitch deck, which to, to my American audience, right? Like that is, those are really, yeah. really significant uh, burger brands. So just to give you scale. Well, the, yeah, the, the only brand who outgrew us every time was Chick-fil-A. It was like my main competitor, even though they don't know we exist, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. for me, they were like, oh my God, how do they do this? Yeah, but, but the other ones, I mean, there are, bare, there are a lot bigger accounts than ours, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, a McDonald's account is really big or all of these sure. chains are really big, but they don't have the engagement that we have. I mean, we don't, they don't have that many people talking to us and, or sharing things online about our brand. That what that was what made us different in social media, the engagement with the people. Which to me is the most important part, right? And 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 it speaks to the valuation, right? Like I, I think for anybody that doesn't know, Goico was purchased at a valuation of 150 million euros. I, I you know, I I believe that that brand and the engagement and the high loyalty played a factor in that valuation. Is that is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Cool. Denny, so how'd you do it? What what is the what what worked? Like tell me a little bit about that. For me it was authenticity. I mean, we had this this in-house team. They were all amazing. They are all amazing girls and boys. I mean, they're my age, but I say girls and boys. Mm-hmm. But we were very fast and very efficient creating very creative campaigns and we did them all from the inside so we knew the brand better than no one else and we were communicating it directly to the people who were listening to us so if something happened for example you went to goico and you had a bad experience and you posted something on social media the one who was going to answer you was going to be me or the girls that i trained and each of us knows the brand perfectly and knows perfectly how to answer you or how to solve the problem for example you went to the Goico in Bilbao. So we know the person who is in charge of the Goico in Bilbao. We, were, we know them by name. There are people who work with us. So we call them, ask them what happened, and then we try to solve the problem as fast as possible. So that philosophy you can use on every part of the marketing, this authenticity, this fast, fastness, fast That's speed. Something. Yeah, yeah. Speed, okay. <laughs> and maybe like low bureaucracy. So we were really fast creating things that were really cool and creative. And, and the way we communicate them 
was with a lot of humor and with a lot of empathy for the people who were listening to us, which are millennials and Gen Z. So we were really, mm, how do you say that, informal um, mm -hmm. yeah. and really fun to talk to. And we, we were always doing different stuff and, and innovative stuff. So people would get engaged with us and, and, and obviously go to the restaurant and go eat burgers. Obviously, marketing was not obviously the only thing that worked. But I mean, the, the only ingredient in this whole recipe, no? Sure. The Goiko burgers are amazing and the service yeah. is amazing. Yeah. But well, we, we did our part. I think we did a good part. One of the first innovative things you did was, correct me if I'm wrong, but you executed an influencer marketing campaign very yeah. early on in the world of like influencer economics, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. We, yeah, we really, uh, we love our influencer marketing because it was, we, we did not make any campaign with influencers. It was all collaborations. So mm -hmm. we'd invited them to the to Goiko to eat for free and, and, and we didn't ask them anything back. I mean, they did whatever they want. If they liked experience, they would post on their Instagram. If not, they wouldn't, obviously. But what we, we that, that was like our top of mind um, strategy. Because we, at the end, we were inviting more or less between 15 and 20 influencers a day to wow. go and go. Yeah. So we knew, we know every influencer. In, and not only do we know them, but we have built relationships with them. I mean, some of them, I, 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 I call them my friends right now. So I'm, we, we became friends with them when we connected with them in a very personal level. And they found in Goiko kind of a home. So they would go to Goiko and, and feel like home and have a great meal. And after that, we will ask them, how was it? What do you think we should maybe improve or whatever? We made them part of our story. So they would all love to go to, they, they all love to go, going to Goiko and have the experience. It was amazing. Yeah. Influencer marketing, we, we did a great job there. And, and I think it's, it's a really good strategy. Still is. Maybe not the same way. Maybe not the same influencers as before. But we can still... Uh, take advantage of this strategy. Definitely, most business at least. So I've always I've always subscribed to the theory of the less you ask, the more you get. Right? Like, and I'm hearing I'm hearing what you're saying. Right? Like, you're you're inviting these influencers in. There was no ask. You you said that immediately. Yeah. Right? Like, what do you what do you say to people that are, you know, that think that that is an inefficient? There's no call to action there, right? Like marketing talk is like you got to have a call to action and you got to be directing them something. It sounds like you just reached out with an olive branch and it all worked out in your favor. What do you say to people that say that you need a call to action, or 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 or, or why did that work as effectively? Is that replicable or? Yes, it is replicable. Replicable. I think we are obsessed with numbers and KPIs, and sometimes we are not able to measure them as, as well as we should, as we want to. For influencer marketing, if you want to do a collaboration-based influencer marketing, you're, you cannot measure this. I mean, you have to do, you obviously have to do it the best way you can. You have to analyze their profiles and try to see which ones of them are posting or sharing your content, but you cannot ask for numbers. So you really don't know how many of them are responsible for the conversions or the of, or whatever you're measuring, right? But we know it worked. We know it worked because we created this movement. Maybe it doesn't work if you, you're planning on inviting maybe an influencer a week or a influencer a month. I mean, that's not enough. If you're planning on doing this, 
it has to be constant and it has to be consistent in time. So you can create this wave, you know, of, of, of people talking about you, of sharing your content. So uh, on this, that we don't ask for something else or anything back, it was to get their trust, to gain their trust. I mean, we're inviting you so you can have a great time. We're not going to ask you anything in, in back. Just have a great time and do it. I remember this case. There's an influencer. It's, it's really big here in Spain. He has like two point, I don't know, million followers. Uh, um, he's a great guy. So I invited him. I have him WhatsApp and we've become friends. Uh, I invited him maybe four or five times before he even posted the first time. And maybe the third or the fourth time, I asked him, Hamza, when are you going to say something about it? Come on, give us something. And he's like, oh, Danny, you know, I charge at that one $1,200 for, for every story. And I was like, oh my God, Hamza, I don't have that kind of budget. I'm sorry. Just keep going to go. You can have fun, but I, I cannot pay that. And this maybe the... Yeah, maybe the day before, after I, I said that, he even, I mean, he did a video, a whole video in Goiko, and he and he shared it as a profile. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I mean, he did that and free of charge. He didn't charge me anything. It was just because he liked the brand. He had a, he has a good relationship with me. And I was so, I was so thankful for what he did. And it was all based on human relations, Paolo, I mean, of connecting. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it, right? Like, <laughs> I know like, you do. <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, some of what I'm hearing a lot is, so there's two things I want to dive into here and then and then I want to get into brand crop more. Um, you, this strategy first started, right now when you say 100 restaurants, like it makes sense, like you have all these big influencers, but you started when you had like seven restaurants in Madrid only, right? So how did you, uh, what, what was the... How did you evaluate local influencers in one market to get them to your to your restaurants and invite them? Can you, can you give a little peek behind the curtain of of what that like evaluation and operation was like? Yeah, you have to really evaluate what kind of responses did they get in their posts? Did they have this engagement with their community? Because you can you can't expect all of them to be real or to be authentic. Right? There are a lot of people who get by. Um, buying followers or buying comments and and those kind of people will not get anything or give value to your to your brand uh, also try to find people who really uh, um, align to your values if you get people who are really com completely different or go or have values completely contrary to those of your brands they're not gonna do anything good for your brand they're gonna hurt it definitely so you have to evaluate those things before trying to get to those, uh, to, to choose those influencers. And the good things about influencers is that they all know each other. And once they start, some of them start going to this place, like the, the snowball keeps getting bigger, right? So they start writing to you, like, we want to go too, and we want to get to know the place, and you have to take advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. So listen, I, I and I'm hitting this hard because all I'm hearing is just parallels and you're saying human relationships, right? Like to me, this is this is the same thing that works one-to-one, -one, right? Right. When you're out networking, you start and you might know a couple of people, but the more circles that you're in that have the, like I built my personal brand in, in philanthropic circles in Miami, right? So the more the more people I knew in that were active in charities that I knew attracted other people that were active in charities. And it's always, everybody hangs around each other and the word spreads and then aligning people, aligning with people that, that you can relate to, that you know, that you can trust that building, building the relationships with other people that are genuine um, to me is huge, right? Like I, I, I don't want to be, 
hanging out with somebody that doesn't represent me well, right? Like, yeah. although I really want to be friends with everybody, right? And, but <laughs> at, 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 at the end of the day, right? Like, it's like the people that you really want to plant your flag on are, are, are the people that have your same values and, and, and represent those things. Definitely. And the more that, and the more that you perpetuate that stuff, the more people like that come to you. So you have less to sift through. And I find that really interesting. And, and the other thing that I hear in, in what you're saying, as you know, I'm obsessed with Gary Vee. Um, he talks a lot about scaling the unscalable, right? Like the, the idea of the CMO of a hundred restaurant business knows the, knows the operator of the one in the third one in Bilbao that you opened and, and being able to, to, to have those personal experiences. Do you have a, a strategy or, or, or how were you able to really get to know everybody on any team in such a, such a large organization? I'm not going to lie. It gets bigger. It gets more difficult in time as, as, as you grow. Right. Mm -hmm. But it depends on you. I mean, it, have, it depends on how much you get, you want to get involved with the, with the people who work in your company. I love getting involved with them because many of them, I call my friends, but I, I do. I mean, it would be a lie that to tell you that I know everyone inside Goico. I mean, when we grew, it was very difficult to get to know them. So I took every opportunity that I had to get to know them. For example, I was in charge of the of the, uh, the the party that we do every time we open a new restaurant, like mm -hmm. the launch party. Mm -hmm. So every time I had to go to that restaurant, I had to give a speech and, and get to know the influencers, the local influencers. And then I stayed with the team sometimes and get to know them, how are they feeling? And that was like the time to connect. But well, sometimes you can't even do that. I mean, it's not always. But still, we have like a... Right now, we have a big team. So we can kind of... Um, balance i mean some of them know these people and some of us some know another another one i mean it's really difficult to know all of them but i mean it's really important to do so because that way you can keep your essence no and and try it and and if if you're not the one who to transmit those values and talk to them about how do you feel and why this brand is this brand then who's going to do that i mean yeah there's you need ambassadors or you need people speakers of your brand telling the people inside your brand all of these things because you know if, if you don't it gets lost in the way yeah that makes sense and and what i'm hearing is that the effort counts right like yeah i'm, I'm somebody that has a big network it it's weird to say this and and almost douchey i guess but like i've, I've had moments where someone comes up to me like oh my god pablo i was hoping to see you at this party because you were so funny last time i'm like hey what's up dude i'm pablo you know but 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 the the effort of the effort of trying to put that genuine touch and putting it out there and then the people around you having that as well, that then leads to yeah. a friend of a friend thing and, and, and being genuine really goes a long way when you then have to reach out to a person that maybe you don't remember that well. They might remember you a little bit better because you were the CMO, but 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 you, you put it out there that you are somebody that's open to connect and genuine, right? Is that kind of... Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you look to my Instagram followings, most of them work at Goiko. I mean, and my followers I'm, are mostly people from Goiko and their moms. A lot of moms follow me. So they, <laughs> they really talk to me about the kids. It's really nice. I mean, though, you go to a different, because, I mean, for example, what we are doing with Goiko, we're giving opportunities to a lot of Venezuelans here in yeah. Spain who mm -hmm. are starting from zero again. That's really difficult. So it's it's a very grateful experience. I mean, we, we feel very grateful for what we're doing and, and, and honored. You know, mm -hmm. to have this responsibility of, of trying to do a good job. So 
I get a lot, a lot of messages from from the kids from Goiko or from their moms, just saying how thankful they are for this opportunity, and, and it's amazing, and it's amazing. And you connect with those people as well. Awesome, awesome. That's super cool that you're. I, I think that's so. That's such a Venezuelan thing that you're friends with someone and their mom. <laughs> <laughs> It's an it's an expression that people say here, like them and their mothers, but like I think it's very real in our culture. So let's talk God about brand crops, you, right? Daniela. Huh? What? God bless you, Daniela. <laughs> Come on, one. That's so good. Um, so how do you now? So now you're brand crops, you are you're creating this like outsource CMO kind of service for for yeah. for companies, right? How Great do you, way to put it. Thank you. I'm uh, have a thing with language. What you do you do? <laughs> <laughs> how do you recreate a lot of the stuff that you're saying has has to do with the fact that you were in the culture of a brand right like you were in the culture yeah. of goiko it's your last name right how do you how do you recreate that from the outside in like what it, what is what is it that you are now presenting to companies for them to be able to to do that type of stuff that's kind of our one of our main objectives is trying to train our clients to not needing us in the future i yeah. mean we can help you exactly what what do you say like doing this CMO kind of stuff, uh, creating your marketing plan or, or or building a strategy, but then we try to teach you to do that without us in the future because I'm not a fan of agencies as well. I'm I'm, I'm not a fan. So uh, what I want them to understand is the power of the marketing team in house. I mean that are really um, how do you say that comprometidos. Uh, committed committed to the brand and they know the brand as well as we did with Goico. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I think it's really important to teach our clients to do that. So they don't need us on for the long run, just for a bit so they can grow by themselves. It's not easy. I mean, we're trying to create this from zero. We're trying to, I mean, we're experimenting a lot right now. We're trying to really validate our ideas and up till now it's, it's working. But I don't know what's going to bring what the future is going to bring. Of course, uh, listen. I know. I know that space. I know trying to. I'm, I've been knee deep in trying to validate my ideas for three years, right? Well, <laughs> and to me, that's the key differentiator in what you're doing, right? Like you are. You're not telling people I'm your agency forever. You're telling. You're telling people, listen, man. If I'm doing my job well, you're only going to need me for a, for for a certain amount of time, and then I and then I can hand off the reins, and you are empowering them to move yeah. forward without you. Is that another version of your no ask philosophy, right? Like if like you, you're basically saying, if I do my job well, I don't have a job with you soon, but are you conscious in the idea that if you're able to do that, then it's going to continue to grow your legend and therefore you're going to be able to have more clients even though- Hopefully. They, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, it was not meant for that. I mean, that's like the business kind of the, si the business side of it. Uh -huh. but but it's really aligned to our purpose. I mean, our purpose and my personal purpose is inspiring other people to grow. And inspiring other people to grow is not doing their job for them. It's teaching them how to do their job well. So it, that's kind of our philosophy. It, it, obviously, the business side is, yeah, they can get us better, more clients if we do our, our job good. Our, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got it. Then, you know, in a lot of the stuff that you're saying, it sounds like parenting. Right. Like, like a, it, it's, it, it sounds to me like ideals, the ideals of parenting, right? Is this, 
this approach? Is this something that has affected the way that you parent or has parenting affected this approach? Does this come from how you were parented? Like, you know, can you expand on that? I don't know. Well, yeah, I definitely was. It comes from how I was parented. Parented? Parented, yeah. Okay, parented. Yeah. yeah. It's a word. I think we, it's a word. Okay, great. I think we got a lot of attention, both my brother and I, from both our parents. But they left us to learn a lot. I mean, they sent us away in summers just to, for us to deal with ourselves. I went to your home so many summers, no? That's right. Um, but yeah, I think they, they gave us this independence to take our own decisions. And I think I'm doing that with my kid as well. And I'm trying. I don't have patience for teaching kids. That, that's something I've learned. And more here in, during the, the quarantine time, I, I don't have patience for this. Definitely not. But yeah, I like, I like her that I, I want her to learn by herself and maybe just being there in the background, just in case, just in case, but letting, letting her take her own decisions and, and, and being an independent. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a feminist, but I do believe that women need to, well, I, I just read a, a book that I love that it's untamed. I don't know if mm-hmm. yeah. Martha read it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She talks it. about, what's her name? Um, Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to Glennon Doyle on a couple podcasts because Martha's a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan. She's, she's speaks she's incredibly amazing. well. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. And the ideas that she talks about in that book and on Tame, that's exactly how I think. I How I think women liberation should look like. It's about independence. It's about being strong and taking our own decisions and not being um, judged by how we have been tamed in the past as women. And that's what I want to maybe teach my daughter to do as well. Yeah, that's excellent. What is, by the way, I, I, I totally agree, right? Like I, I have no problem with the term feminism. To me, feminism means just equality, right? Like it just yeah. has a, it has whatever politicized name it, it, it may have. But to me, it just means seeing, seeing everybody as equal, Definitely. which I don't know if I agree with that. Cause I think women are very superior to men often, <laughs> but, um, so what's the, so with brand crops, right? So now, you know, with, with every, your philosophy, everything that you're saying to me that it makes a lot of sense. It's crops, right? Like you are planting these seeds inside the company that's going to grow from within. Exactly. What is your vision for it? I mean, are you trying to, cause you're not, you're like the anti-agency, but are you trying to grow it to be a big agency? Is this like, what, what is your, where, where's brand crops in, in 10 years? Where's Daniela Goicochea professionally in 10 years? I don't want to say I'm an anti-agency because I'm definitely going to going to do some agency work as well because yeah. there are brands who cannot pay for someone inside to do their job, for example. Sure. So I can do that for them for some time. But my vision is trying to educate, maybe educate brands on doing on doing marketing strategies that are very authentic and very based in their values and in their storytelling. I mean, the first thing that we do with brands is brand strategy and inside the brand strategy the first thing we do is developing the brand essence if they don't have it still so what's the brand essence their purpose their values so for us it's really important that they have this really clear and when you have a purpose everything that it's so much simpler to do right to to take decisions to maybe create your guidelines just being aligned to your purpose and and that for me, leaving that to the brand, understanding what their purpose is and giving it to them, it's a big thing. So maybe in the future, they'll use this that I'm creating for them to keep 
creating these strategies by their own. By their own. So I don't want to be seen as the biggest agency, not at all. I want to be seen as a big teacher, maybe, in marketing. Mm. So what you're saying, I'm, again, personalizing all this stuff, right? Like, I, when, I, when I set off to, when I left the construction industry, I, I, I just knew I wanted something different. I knew I was going to reinvent myself. Then when I left that e-commerce company, I took those 90 days to figure out where I want to be in 10 years and really define my purpose of... I want to prove to the world that community creation is the future of business development, right? And and like you said, once I have that goal in mind, it's much easier to reverse engineer a path than it is to be like, oh, where's this going to take me? Where's that going to take me? What definitely you personally do you do you feel like you have a purpose? What what's what's the what's the Daniela Goicochea brand story? Yeah, I think I found my pers- my personal purpose. The not long time ago. I mean, very, very early. No, very early. No, months ago. Yes, recently. Months recently. Ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently. That's yeah. the word. Okay. Thank. You. Sorry about my English again. Reminding okay. you that I don't speak English every day. Okay. So, <laughs> so my purpose, my personal purpose, is inspiring people to keep growing. So that's why everything I do has this educational meaning behind it. Trying to give something or inspiring people, not to do what I do but to do what they want to do, but to grow personally and professionally by, by their means. I mean, um, I'm constantly telling people how much do I read or how, or what books do I, am I reading, what they're, what they are teaching. Yeah. So like, so they can maybe pick one of them and use them for themselves and, and all of that. One trying last post. Well, the one that you just saw, for example, mm-hmm. talking about difficult themes or difficult things in, in Instagram that people are really not usually talking about. So I can get people inspired and motivated to talk as well on these subjects, for example. So that's my way of trying to inspire people to maybe keep growing. Yeah, I love it. And I, and I, see, your, I see your social media. I see Brandcrop social media. It's all super value add. Like it's all just like sharing information yeah. and, and, and teaching. Like you said, teaching at scale. And I've never seen in my lifelong obsession with human connection... I've come to the conclusion that to me, online content is connection that's on steroids, right? Like everything, everything that I can do for you in person, or at least 85 to 90% of what I can do for someone in person, if I, if I do it the right way via a piece of content, it now has the ability to affect not just the person in front of me, not just the person that saw it when I first published it, but it's a seed, kind of like a, like a brand crop, right? Like it's, it's a seed that now can get watered at any moment in the future, Definitely. at any time, do, have you had any kind of experiences of, of content that has like specific pieces of content or moments in your social media journey that, that has, that stands out of like a moment of growth or, or, or an impact that you made in someone's life or something like that? There have been outside of all the moms many, many. you're friends with outside of, outside of all your mom friends. <laughs> No, I think I think I've had some. Yeah, definitely. One every time I get vulnerable in, in Instagram, it really makes an impact. I mean, they see the real Daniela and, and they really connect with that. And 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 I have the problems everyone has. I mean, I don't have different problems or, or special problems. I have the problems that everyone has. But the thing that I talk about them openly or publicly, it really connects with people because people are afraid of talking about them. So for example, when I had my, my mastectomy that I had to have for mm-hmm. because of my my jeans 
Mm -hmm. I talked about it publicly and a lot of people came to me like, wow, I need to do this. I'm afraid of this. Or you're really brave because you said this in public and you're helping a lot of girls, a lot of women. And and that's amazing how they really, and and they tell you, I mean, it's amazing how they they reach to you to tell you these kind of things. So it it really gets me emotional every time I do these kind of things. Uh, For example, the last post that you already read, that the answers to those posts were amazing where people talking about losses for the first time in their life publicly. It's amazing how to get those people motivated to really for the first time took a talk about that in public. I mean, I, I cried with most of them really. It was amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I've, yeah. I've, so I've, it took me, I, I started maybe third quarter of last year, really relating the experience of my brother's passing to like how it's influenced the path that I'm taking. And ever since I, I connected it to that. It really, it really does like that. Like the opening up that vulnerability really opens up these really amazing discussions and and it really took to another level, the ability to like help people and connect with people. So I think that's really cool. So let's, let's take a, all right, let's, let's take a little more fun turn, right? (laughs) Daniel, I I always, I, I, (laughs) yeah. Get too Your brother is saying to me to my as my dad. So yeah. let's change subject. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> how did we? Uh, you know, this is this is the moment of the show when I ask people how we met and why we're still friends, right? Like, I think it's it's pretty clear that that we're cousins. I've known you your whole life. You've known me. Yeah. You've known me since you were born. What um what do you think drives our friendship? Being that we grew up apart. And, and, and we, we, you know, quite frankly, we see each other once a year, maybe, right? Like what, but the last time I was in my parents' house, like, and you were there, the moment that I walked in in the morning and we're eating breakfast, we immediately started giggling like idiots. Like what, (laughs) what, what has, what has kept us, what has kept us connected? Like, what do you, what do you think, what do you think works there? I think we've all, we've never been like afraid of being, of showing each other. I mean, we're really authentic between ourselves. We don't, we're, I'm not, uh, I'm afraid of, of, of goofing around with you. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to get ashamed or you're not going to get, I'm not going to shame you if you get goofy. I mean, we have a lot of fun and that authentic relationship, I think that's what has kept us so near I mean, from each other. It, it's not everyone's like that. Not every cousin is like that, yeah. but I don't know why we have connected in this way that we just, I don't know, we're open, completely open with each other. And that has kept us, I mean, really near. Do you think there's something else? No, I don't know, man. You know, like I definitely, there was definitely a concerted effort between our parents to keep us connected. Definitely. Right. And I think that that exists, that exists intergenerationally in our relation, in, in, in our, in our family a lot. And I'm, I'm a big, big believer that intergenerational relationships are the fabric of society. And I think our family does that very well, but yes, I think there is within our generation, there is a range of interconnectivity based on, you know, I don't know, similar personality types and, and, and other things that, that I think we've always clicked well with, but what do you, I don't know, what, what, what do you think, what do you think makes our, makes our family click so well? Like what, as, as a, as a more than just a nuclear family, right? Like our extended family seems to have a, a, a special bond that, that, that I would love to kind of dive into uh, at least for a moment like what what do you think works so well i think it co- everything comes from our grandparents i think they did a great job with their kids and our parents are really they're really religious most of them more yeah. sort of our of 
of the of our parents. Yeah. yeah. And I think their faith and their faith for us has kept us really united. Even though our generation is not as religious as they are, yeah. they have, I mean, they have fought for this, for this union, for us keeping yeah. us all together and, and, and keeping the love and, and, and keeping peace between the family. And, and, and it's amazing what they're done. I mean, they have yeah. kept us together all this time. I agree. I agree. I, I do think it's a, it's a, it's a fight to, to keep it all together. Yeah. And I think even if we take, I, I think religion has played a huge part in it, but I think specifically what it is, is traditions, right? Like I think, I think religions are very much a, a way to establish common traditions, right? So like the idea that we would always go to church together and then have lunch at Abuela's house or, mm -hmm. and, and, and wherever, like, I know that when I was more active in my Catholic faith, when I was away in school or I was living in California, if I was to go to church that Sunday, I would be like, oh, I feel like I'm part of my family, right? Like, yeah. I, like, like I think establishing rituals and we, we have all these like funny rituals, right? Like we have like playing dominoes or, 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 or music or, 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 or getting together around food that that's been really, yeah. really, um, really special. So I, I wanted to acknowledge that a little bit. Any other, you got something? Yeah, I remember, I remember, now that you said that, I remember that when we were still living in Caracas and, my, and our grandparents were still alive, mm -hmm. that we went with them every Sunday to church. And, and I really didn't want to go. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I don't want to spend an hour here. I just don't connect with what the priest is saying or whatever. Uh, I can spend, I don't know, praying by myself in my, in my home. It's going to be a lot better than, I don't know. But we did that just to make our grandparents happy because they really believed in that. So we followed traditions not because we believed in religion, for example, but mm -hmm. we believed in family. We yeah. believed in, in the union that kept us together and, and why those traditions were so important. Yeah. It was really totally. beautiful. Yeah, totally agree, man. Totally agree. Awesome. I'm glad we agree there. You know, I feel like we moved into a different part of the interview, but I, I have to go back into, into a little bit and just ask you, somebody that's building an Instagram following right now, uh, this is hard left turn. <laughs> what's your, like, what's like your top tip? Like, right. Cause I mean, you're, you're so good at building Instagram followings. And I just think that this is like a really valuable thing to, to put out. There. My top tip right now would be to interact, interact, make comments and, and write messages to people that you're interested in connecting with. Mm. So start collaborating with brands that are all personal brands. I'm saying yep. people that share the same knowledge, share knowledge. I mean, yep. uh, when you knowledge. share knowledge, when you share something of, of, of great value, share, sharing value. That's when people are going to listen to you because some people think that the Instagram or social media is just like kind of a portfolio or only pictures of you, but, but it's not about that. I mean, people who get really followed or who are influencers are people who are sharing very important value or giving back to the community with, with nothing behind that, with not in a specific objective of doing money or something like that but just because they like doing it and that 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 what makes them authentic it's what really connects with the people who's listening to you give value totally love it give all value. right we are now in the lightning round pa, 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 pa. you ready wow <laughs> what is your favorite restaurant and what me where is it and what meal do you get there okay i have they're all in Madrid. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. This, okay. this is supposed to be like an ongoing travel guide for people question, right? Like give value, ah, right? Like this is amazing. like a quick, you're in Madrid. Where do you go to eat? What do you order? So, if, so if you're going to come to Madrid, you have to go to Goico, obviously, and get a burger. Definitely. Please. Once you go to Goico, 
Then you have the, my favorite place is called Cuoco, Cuoco 360. Okay. It's also was also created by Venezuelans and they have this amazing food. They have this risotto that I love with mushrooms. It's amazing. It's amazing. And if you want to go upscale a bit, there's this amazing three Michelin star restaurant called Diverso that's for the day here. And I love it. You know that I'm, I'm a very picky eater, very yeah. picky eater. I know. But once I get to this restaurant, everything they serve me, I just eat it and I love it. And I don't even ask what, it, what that is. Amazing. They, I, I, I think I ate a lot of weird stuff over there. It's been all amazing. Awesome. How do Cuoco is C U O C O? Cuoco? It's with a K. Okay. Cuoco. Because I'm going to put that in the show notes. Perfect. Cuoco. And what's what's your favorite burger at Goigo Grill? Kevin Bacon. What, what Kevin is Kevin Bacon with peanut butter? Oh, <laughs> blow my mind. What, what, why is the Kevin Bacon so famous, right? Like, as a stupid American, I'm just like, uh, it's just a bacon cheeseburger, isn't it? Like, what, what, what makes that thing so. Kind of a bacon cheese, bacon onion cheeseburger, yeah. But the way it's made, it's all mixed in the inside, and all the 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 grease stay inside. So it's really, it's amazing. It's an amazing burger. So, yeah, yeah. With well, peanut butter. With peanut butter. <laughs> if you add peanut butter and and banana, it's a perfect, perfect I, burger. I was gonna say that hamburger is my favorite, but I haven't eaten there as much as you have, obviously. Okay. What uh? What content are you most into right now? Right, like it can be whatever your favorite book that you've read recently, or somebody that you're following that you really really like, or even a TV show that you're weirdly obsessed with. What's your favorite content right now? Okay, so well, as a book, uh, for books on Tame, I think that's the best book I've read recently. I loved it. Uh, recommended mostly for women. I don't know if men are going to connect to this book as well as women. Definitely women and women who are moms or who have daughters are going to connect even more. It's an amazing story and a liberating story, a liberating book that I, I, I cried with it a lot of times. I mean, during the book, it was amazing. Um, something on TV, I'm re-watching whole 24 seasons. 24? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so you. Yes, I love it. No, I'm, you know that the only, the only series that we watch at home is The Office. We watch it. Again and again and again. I know every dialogue, every dialogue I've known. So I really recommend it if, if someone hasn't seen The Office. I mean, please watch it. That's me, and by I, the way. I don't, oh, my God. I've only seen a Are handful you a of... Friends? Are you well, a Friends guy? Yeah, yeah. I love Friends. So I didn't... Oh <laughs> of course, I love Friends. I didn't... So I didn't watch The Office because when The Office came out was when I was managing that office in California um, when I was in construction. And I felt like... I felt I was him. Like, I felt like I was the idiot boss that everybody looked like oh that and God. made me too uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, no. Please don't never be Michael, Michael Scott. Okay. But you have to watch it. You're going to love it. It's okay. an amazing show. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to watch it. Um, what is something that you were sure of in your 20s that you no longer believe? <sighs> that I am, that I was superhuman. I was superwoman. Yeah. Superwoman, definitely. Not at all. That's that superwoman complex, man. It's so I, I it's so common. It's so many women that I speak to are so common, especially um Hispanic women. Right? Like it, it's something that's really just beat into, you know? It's, it's it's an immature thought. I mean it's something okay. that we grow up with and maybe we're just and I don't know, it's it's yeah, it's part of what we are built to be and it's a lie complete lie so 
then failure gets really difficult for us. When we fail, it's like the whole world comes apart. It's not like that. Then when we grow, when we are a bit more mature, we understand that it's okay to fail and it's not, nothing's going to happen. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So what is, what's like the best piece of advice someone's ever given you or your favorite piece of advice to give people? Listen, listen and receive feedback. I think that's the best. I used to be very close to feedback before. And the, the time I, I opened myself and I started listening, really listening to feedback and understanding that everything people tell me it's for my own good, then I was definitely a, a better person. I mean, I started growing from that. So I would recommend that. Listen to everything that, listen to things that everything have, everyone has to say to you. Was that a specific moment that that hit you or is it just kind of like a, like a compilation of moments? No, I, I would say a compilation. It's not okay. a specific time. Okay. I think it's been like punches all um, for a long time. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to link your Instagram at Danny Goiko. I'm going to link the brand crops Instagram. I think they're super, yeah. super valuable accounts, but like, I'd like to, before I ask you the last question, um, give you the, the, the floor to promote whatever you want, bring anything to anybody's attention that you feel like bringing to, is there anything that you want to talk about? Well, I think we have talked about a lot about brand crops and Goico. I, I just want people to really get to know themselves and do whatever they want. They, what, what, whatever makes them happy and whatever makes them grow, go for it. Go for it and don't be afraid of doing that. And well, try to do like me, try to learn slowly, but learn to be vulnerable and, and be more authentic, definitely. Awesome. Connect, Paolo, connect. Connect. Um, I have a bonus question. So why is it that I'm your favorite cousin? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, last, last, last question. Where do you find community? Where do I find community? Social media is a great place to find community because you, you get to know people who were not your friends before or maybe you don't even know in person and they share the same values that you do. And that's an amazing thing. I mean, you can be open with people that you don't really know and, and they're going to be as open with you and it's going to be amazing. You're going to connect with people you don't know. I mean, that's great. I mean, social media, it's a great place. And then I would say my friends. I mean, you, if, you, if you have your group of friends and with who you trust, that's an amazing thing to have. I, mean, I feel blessed for having my friends and it happens. With them, it's more or less like you. Maybe we don't see each other every time or once a year, maybe, because they live all around the world, as many Venezuelans. But once we, we see each other, it's like we've been living together for our whole lives and, and everything's okay and everything's transparent and, and, and authentic. And that's an amazing thing to have. Yeah, you do have a remarkable group of friends that is like a real tight nucleus that you've had your whole life. That's a really, really yeah. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Danny, thank you for doing this. You know, I, I, I want to acknowledge you for you're so awesome, man. Like you really are like, like really, right? Like I, I joke about you being my favorite lady cousin. Um, but that's not a joke, obviously, cause you're my only lady cousin. And, but I'm just always so impressed by you, Danny. Like you, you really are this like amazing mixture of, of kind and talented and all the stuff that you've achieved is really not surprising in any way, but at the same time, it's, it's really, really impressive. And I, I feel really, really blessed to, to be as close to you as I am and that we're related and, and all the, all the amazing memories that we've had. And, 
and 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 being able to have the bond with a lie that that I felt like immediate that just transfers through you and all that stuff. So, you know, I I don't think I've ever gotten the chance to. I, I like doing this at this point, right? Like, like I, I'd never get, you never get the chance to tell people what they, what they mean to you. And you really, really mean a lot to me. And I want to thank you for doing this interview. And hopefully this sets the stage for your English domination of, uh, of the marketing world from here on out. Oh, Paolo, I'm really honored. I'm really honored. You know, I, I, you're an inspiration for us, uh, for me, for, I think, I, I think the rest of the cousins, you're inspiration, inspiration to all of us because you have, this amazing personality. You have always been like this. Maybe you're doing podcasts right now, but you've always been like this. You've always been this connector. And, and that's an amazing quality. And that this relationship that you have with me, you have with so many people because of that, because you always want to go a step further, connecting with people in a deeper level, really understanding them and listening to them and really caring for these people problems. And, and that's an amazing. I feel so blessed as well to have you as my cousin and, and to see you. Sometimes a year, maybe less than I would love to, but still we keep contact. And now that you married one of my friends, it's even That's better. Right. That's right. I didn't add the fact that you're the maid of honor at my wedding, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and I met my <laughs> wife at your wedding, which was still to this day, the best wedding I've ever been to. So that was amazing. Thank you, Danny. So Paolo, thank you. Thank you for this. And, and it's been amazing to connect with you like, like this. Yeah, very cool. I hope you enjoyed that conversation right there as much as I did. Listen. Connect with Pablo is a content marketing community creation agency. The bottom line is that if you can start creating content that can give value to your customers or audience while creating strategic relationships through it, you can have a content machine that allows you to tell the story of your business through the value you are creating while gathering people together. If you're curious about that or know someone who could be, please shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com or hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn through the profiles tagged in the show notes. If you just want a quick pick-me-up and some tactical advice right before walking into a room full of strangers, go to connectwithpablo.com, watch the five-minute video about how to walk into a room and not feel like you're all alone, and or download the little cheat sheet on how to do just that. I have a lot of my friends that have done networking with me for a long time tell me that they love watching that thing and carrying it around when they're walking into a networking event or they're walking into a conference or sometimes even if you're just walking into a wedding and you don't know anybody, right? It has a lot of use for it. I invite you to check it out if you need it. I really hope you stick around, connect with me and start leaning into finding value in others and feeling like you have value to give yourself. It'll make the world a better place. I promise. Until the next episode, I am Pablo Gonzalez, your chief executive connector.